Witam i zapraszamy w Bezenbach. Żółty autobus zabierzecie. Zaczynamy w Polsce i podróż jedzie przez Stany do Hiszpanii. Jedziemy za jedną z najlepszych kobiet z peletonu i słyszymy, co robiła i robi poza kolarstwem. Warszawa, wódka i women's cycling? Kto w ogóle jest Katarzyna, nie wiadomo. So, no worries, you just entered Bezenwang Worldwide, a cycling podcast in English. More or less. <laughs> As you maybe already realized, today we pick up uh, Kasia Niawadoma in our yellow bus. Uh, the story of that exact bus is also important today. Take a seat, fasten your seatbelt, and off we go from Poland to Spain with a stop in the US. My name is Bastian Marx. I am Paul Foss. And I'm Andy Stauf. And we welcome Katarzyna Niewadoma. <laughs> Did I yeah. spell your name right? <laughs> Yeah, actually, you, you nailed it, I would say. Yeah. But normally I go by Kasia Nivedoma. Kasia. It's like too official. <laughs> all right, all right. I actually have a, I have a Polish friend here in Berlin. She has the same first name as you, and we call her also Kasia. I actually yeah. didn't know that, that her real name is much more complicated. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not so complicated. Yeah. yeah I feel like it's funny, because like everyone thinks that Kasia is not the real name, but actually it is name. Like every Katarzyna goes by Kasia. It just looks really difficult to explain foreign people, because like in Poland, because of the baptism, we always have to take the official name mm -hmm. that goes by the short name that this is what you normally use in the normal life. Yeah, I actually asked my, my Polish friends how to pronounce it, and I also thought maybe it's like Kesha, like the, uh, the like pop Kesha. star. Yeah, with a TikTok song. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Kesha. <laughs> with the dollar sign. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, to give our listeners a glimpse of what you already succeeded in your career, um, I always give a small sum up. Uh, you are yeah a pretty fast bike rider. That's one reason we uh, wanted you in the bus. Um, <laughs> You already won the Amstel Gold Race, ladies edition, you won the Trofeo Binda, you won several stage races in the women's tour. You got fucking three times second at Strade Bianca, we have to talk about that, and uh, <laughs> second in the Flash Very Wallon nice. too. Um, actually, I looked especially at the year 2021, because you got third in the World Championship Road Race, and um, from AU got second at Tuastos Flandern, at Flesch Wallon, and from 32 race days, you had one DNF, 16 under 10th place positions. <laughs> like the half of your race days were placed two to nine, and you only got five out of top 20 positions. So it's crazy, totally crazy, that kind of rider you are. <laughs> um, Okay, we, I uh, already told, we're going to come to this a bit later. And uh, first of all, I'm going to explain why uh, we also wanted you in the bus. Because the yellow bus, the Broomwagen, I already told you, uh, Besenwagen is the Broomwagen. Um, and when we started our podcast, like three and a half years ago, um, There's a little story, a little Polish story, um, why the bus is yellow. Because we were looking for an, a logo or a thumbnail or stuff like that. And 
we were recording at the um, place of my one of my Polish cycling friends. And he has a Polski Fiat. Do you know what? Um. <laughs> <laughs> he imported this himself from Poland and is his, uh, restoring it all the time. And it's oh, yellow. That's so cool. And we took uh -huh. pictures of ourselves in that uh, Maluch, <laughs> it's called. <laughs> So actually yeah, now you are 500. sitting. Yeah, you are sitting in the Malu. <laughs> so it's not really a bus, right? Mm. Oh, I love those cars. They're very iconic. Yeah, like they always reminds me of my childhood, basically. Yeah, that's what so, he so says. You, you had one? <laughs> no, had one? No, no. My family never had Malu, but I would say like almost every single neighbor of mine would have one. And usually they would be in like those abstract colors, like yellow, like super bright yellow or super bright That's red, like or blue, like, you know, <laughs> very, yeah. they would always pop out out there. Yeah, I also grew up like 150k away from like the Polish-German border. And we always drove yeah. to Poland, to the Polish market, you know, to buy... I didn't, buy I didn't buy cigarettes, but <laughs> people bought cigarettes <laughs> and like clothing and everything. And they're also like... You saw so many of these Fiat uh, Polski, and back, th back then I always thought they're, oh, they're just like the Fiat 500 here, but it was actually like the, the Polish version. I didn't know back then, but yeah, has yeah. more edges. Many of them. It's, it's stronger, stronger version. And there were the taxis there, so they used the Fiat 500 or like the Polski Fiat as a taxi. There, there <laughs> are. They should bring it back. I there think. are actually YouTube videos of rally races with that car. <laughs> Look that up, everybody. Google that. It's crazy good. I should. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the one we, we drove in, the brakes doesn't work, I hope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope at least the rally cars uh, have better brakes. Uh. Yeah, actually, we drove it. Like, we three uh, already yeah. drove, drove this car, the yellow one. <laughs> okay. Hard to resist. Paul, start yeah. the game. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, we start. Yeah, we have like a, a new category we just came up with this morning. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> so, so we actually the first one. Um, it's nine questions. We don't have a name yet for that. Uh, I think <laughs> we have to. <laughs> we, we will come up with one after this. Okay. Disc break or rim break? Disc break. Vegan or meat? Meat. Paris-Roubaix or Flanders? Flanders. Techno or hip-hop? Techno. Gin or vodka? Gin. Beer or wine? Beer. Beach or mountain? Mountain. Justin Bieber or Justin Timberlake? <laughs> Justin Timberlake. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> And then a sexy bag. Yeah, you know the song? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Giro, Giro or Tour? Uh, tour difference. Cyclocross or gravel? Gravel. Yeah, it wasn't as I bad as I expected it to no, be. I wanted to have more, but as we said, we came up with the idea in the morning. Okay, I thought that the questions were going to be more catchy, you know, that you were yeah, going to kind of... Yeah, I, I think in, this, in the future it will be like that, but... Uh, That's the youth free I was edition. just a test, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, we have to talk about one thing. You took gin. What, I know. What, what Polish girl are you? 
I mean, exactly. I grew up drinking so much vodka that at the end, it's like, I'm so sick of it. I need to sound more posh, you know, now it's just gin. Classic, I'm, classic. Yeah. That's what, exactly. German, that's what German people have with Jägermeister. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm, next question. I have is uh, like where exactly do you come from I already told I have Polish friends mm -hmm. and I came to cycling with a Polish friend and um, actually I had one vacation with him in the Tatra area and that's oh, ki kind nice. of where you come from isn't it exactly yeah. yeah exactly so I come from southern part of Poland mm -hmm. uh, I grew up very close to Slovakian border I think it's just like 20 k's mm -hmm. and It's basically like the Tatra area. Tatra is the, the name of the range of mountains that basically like separates Poland and Slovakia. And I grew up in the mountains for the most part. I spend a lot of time just like being outside and to people who are never familiar with Poland, I would say that it's like a little town in between Zakopane and Krakow. So... Mm -hmm. um, Like nothing crazy for people who want to like go out partying, mm -hmm. but something amazing for people who want to yeah. just chill and go like hike the mountains or Actually, camp or do the other things. I think I've been there as well. That area is like the Carpathian. Carpathian? Is it Carpathian? Oh, that's it. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it the other side or is it somewhere else? Other side, yeah. No, side. But, but, but isn't Carpathian? It, yeah, but is it not the Polish part or oh. like... It's yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely, it's in Poland. But I would say, like, I don't know, a couple hours drive away from my hometown. It's like a okay, bit different site. Okay, mm. because I was there in like a race, like a stage race, and it was okay. Was crazy. There was like a bit like a, I don't know, like a Polish Côte d'Azur, <laughs> like obviously without. Um, Without the like the, 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 but, but, but a lot of lakes, a lot of without lakes. Without the coat and without azure. No, no, but, uh, like, I'm gonna come to it. I'm gonna come to it. It's just like a lot of like big cars, um, like just Polish number plates, so, like, no foreigners, and like a lot of lakes and uh, big hotels, like resorts, luxury resorts, and so on. But it was in Poland. I was really surprised when I came. It looked a bit like Switzerland, but it was Poland. Got everything in Poland, but it's hidden. Yeah, it's That was definitely hidden. <laughs> so, but it was beautiful. But mm. it's not not where you come from. But <laughs> just uh. <laughs> no, I've been to Sakopane actually, and uh, actually this was like party town. <laughs> it was really small, but there were a lot of small discos <laughs> and <laughs> it's a ski <laughs> skiing area. Yeah, it, it's Polish Ischgl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you never been there, Andy, at the at the tour of Poland? Because I no, I yeah. never did. I never did tour of Poland, and I only did one stage race in the under 23s in Poland. But I don't really remember anything uh, of it. You so, missed so. the big party then. Mm. We've been a few times to Sakopane, like the tour of yeah, Poland. Yeah, they told yeah, it's, me uh, I, it's, it would be really nice to do tour of Poland because actually there were when I started it super many spectators, but. Yeah, they still are, but uh, I never got the chance to go there. Mm. Mm. You Always need to just find program. a Polish girlfriend if you're, if you're <laughs> still single. And now <laughs> I can go on vacation for, to Poland, so 
I don't have yeah. to go there yeah. for race <laughs> my bike. <laughs> Which is better, I guess. Yeah, I liked it pretty much there. And I think the best uh, Polish word I learned is Bukowina Tatranska, which... Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Look which, at you. Yeah, I, I know <laughs> this reaction. You've prepared yourself for this, <laughs> for this well, I know, it, I know <laughs> nice. it for long. And um, my, my, one of my Polish friends uh, told me to ask you if the area you live is like, or you are, belong to the Gurale, yeah, to the exactly. Polish Highlanders. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm definitely part of Gurale and like I would refer to myself as a Guralka because we always like change the word cool. for female and male. Yeah. Yeah, they have um, crazy clothing and stuff like that. It's like oh, yeah. to to explain it to my two friends here, it's like a little bit like Bavarian people, like like Anton Palza. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, okay. Actually, my ex-teammate uh, from like 2014 when I was riding for Rabobank, I don't know if you know Anna Knauer. Yeah, she comes so, from there. Yeah. yeah, she was my teammate at that time. And whenever she would show me the Bavarian clothes, I would be like, oh my goodness, that looks so similar to what, to my traditional clothes. Like basically very flowery and kind of bizarre, <laughs> but people like it. <laughs> But yeah. the area where you grew up, is it like a cycling area? So like, are there many cyclists or clubs, races? Uh, no, I, so basically my first club was like one hour, 30 minutes away from my home. And like right <coughs> now, definitely I can see that there are more people uh, like showing the interest in cycling, but not road cycling, mostly it's just for mountain biking because there are a lot of beautiful trails and like a different path. So people just go there for, Just the holidays or recreational part, not to race or train hard, let's say. Yeah. And when you were like younger starting racing and so on, were there like many girls or women racing in Poland? Or was it were you really like one of the few? Yeah, I was like actually in my on my first club team I was the only girl for like a couple of years. But I really liked that. I when I was younger and still actually I really like hanging out with the guys because mm. They would always make me laugh and we would always have a lot of just fun outside of the racing and when training it was like basically we were falling around all the time so that kind of worked well with me to be honest the first uh like a woman's team that i joined was when i was 19 and was just before me going to race for rubble bank so that was definitely a big shift like realizing like oh where are the guys like why you know they're not here with us having fun at the dinner table for example so yeah i wouldn't mind being the only chica out there <laughs> i learned yeah. your i learned your father forced you to start cycling <laughs> yeah exactly that's a very like a gurale mentality you know <laughs> as we were talking about my the part of Uh, the months that I grew up in, it's like, especially with fathers, they always tell you what to do and they kind of like think that that's how it works and should work forever. So my dad one day just like came home with a small road bike saying that tomorrow we're gonna do race together. And at that point I also didn't care what I was doing next day, so I just said yes. And voila, and here I am now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think maybe in Germany it's... Uh, Most of the times, not so much different. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we've got the same mentality. Yeah, so or pre our pre fathers, pretty much. Um, what I like to know is, um, Paul already asked some things about 
Polish cycling and um, I had the impression that it de did develop pretty much like with the appearance of you and Michal Kwiatkowski. Yeah. Um, how do you see it like with a more inside view? How did it develop in the last 10 or 15 years? Yeah, I definitely see that there are more club teams that are like um, female only. Because mm -hmm. I think that that was the thing back then when I was racing in Poland, that always you would have a club team that like the majority of riders would be guys. Like there would be always two or three girls and you would never have a, like an only woman's team. So now there's this big difference that there are actually maybe four teams that only have girls. So that's, that's really nice to see. I feel like there's still this weird stigma uh, around Poland that like people don't really want to go abroad and race uh, different races in Holland or Belgium, Italy, because everyone is kind of afraid of... I don't know if I can say that if people are afraid because I even didn't ask them, but it seems to me like they're afraid of leaving their hometown because it's like such a step that no one knows what's going to happen next. So I definitely feel like that would be, or that is still like one of my goals that I would like to achieve in the future to be able to encourage girls to try, go to different countries and race. And at least just give it a try, give it a shot. If you don't like it, then you come back, but at least try it. Because I do believe that there are quite a lot of talented girls out there. But is it maybe also like a problem that Poland is not like a wealthy country, like maybe like Scandinavia or even Germany, like, you know, yeah. like the average income. So going to mm -hmm. Belgium or like even racing Germany, France or wherever, yeah. it's so expensive to live there and even buy food uh, compared to Poland, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Like, of course, living wise, it's so much more expensive when you go abroad to a different countries. But I feel like there are so many little women's teams, like in Italy or Belgium, especially that they allow you to be with a team and you don't have to spend any of your money, but you also don't earn. So, you know, that's mm. the thing that you have to, or not have to, but quite a lot of girls, they make this decision to invest into their future by just like riding one year for free, for example, or like exploring what's unknown, you know? Is yeah. that what you did as well? When yeah. You saw I mean, you definitely. It's like, because you realize like, the reality is I don't know how is it in Germany right now but like in Poland the the level of cycling isn't as high as what we have like abroad so in order to raise your level you have to race with others you know yeah. so this is like a unavoidable step if you want to improve like you have to go outside of yeah. Poland yeah it's pretty much the same in Germany because Yeah, there's also no under 23 category for the women. So Same. actually you have to go international if you are yeah. one of the best. And yeah, we also don't have a real structure below the, yeah, the pro like, team. Yeah. Exactly. You've got juniors and then you have elite riders. So it's very harsh actually for young riders to be like, okay, what's next when, I, when I'm like over 18 years old, you know? Yeah, so... Yeah. We were basically already at the topic I wanted to talk about, like this whole like thing in the world championships, including the under 23, giving them a title, which is which is good, mm -hmm. but like in the same race as your race. Uh, how, yeah, what's your opinion on it? And then also like what you think will be the right steps to like promote women's cycling more, especially like in development department. Yeah, I think that 
Um, to be honest, it's very hard for me to have opinion about it because I feel like I see two sides. Like from my personal uh, point of view, I do believe that racing with somebody that is stronger than you, at least I would like it. If I was under 23, I would like to race with uh, elite women. Yet I also do believe that it's a different fight for them because then also I don't know how federations would make selection, you know, because when you have, let's take Holland, they have eight spots and eight elite women can win the race. So oh, like, would oh, they actually... So, so wait, they have, so they have eight spots and they have to share them between under 23 exactly. and... Oh, I didn't exactly. know that. So that's like spots. the tricky part, right? Mm. Like, okay. what countries will sacrifice their elite uh, spot for under 23? So in that sense, it doesn't make sense. If they, if it was said like, okay, you have eight spots, but like you have to sacrifice three for under 23, then it's like understandable. But also, like all those elite women are like, why do I have to give away my spot when actually they could mm. have their own race? So. So it's, like it's, it's, it's really weird. So the Netherlands could actually come up with like, I already they have like, when they're coming to the line with like six women, all six could win. So now they could even say, oh, we don't bring under 23 and have eight. Exactly. Because then they're a, like, we need more support. For, yeah. And also everyone cares more about um, elite title than under 23. So like yeah. the unconscious choice is always to like support the person who could win, could win elite race, not under 23. Mm. So in that sense, I understand that would be better for girls under 23 girls to have their own separate race. Yeah, I don't really get it why they do it because at the European Championships, for example, you have an under 23 yeah. race and it it's a good race. And th so. Exactly, and they have a good race. It, didn't they give out the news that it's gonna be? 2025 when they have a separate race or 35 who knows yeah <laughs> <laughs> 25 hey you need some time to organize it you know yeah. they need some time in advance mm. three years for one under 23 <laughs> race <laughs> yes that's actually insane i didn't know that, that you get eight spots <laughs> and then you have to share it between between yeah. 23 and elite that's pretty stupid and you have no okay, fixed amount of 23 uh, under 23 riders no, 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 nothing no no hmm okay short short break here yeah. um and to a question we ask every uh rider here on the bus um what's your Tana. personal Besenwagen experience your personal broomwagon story to be honest like i've never ever had a story with a broomwagon i've never been close to it uh, we, it's, I know I was listening to your podcast with Corinne Rivera because yeah. I wanted to like do my homework and <laughs> then like you asked her that question as well and I was like oh shoot like I really don't have anything that I could share I've never I've never been in group at all so like, <laughs> we seriously you know, you, the you riders we the riders we invite are too good we have to invite Like yeah, we can ride us. We can ride us. I mean, obviously, uh, Basti mentioned in the beginning your your record of like top tens mm. and top twenties. So <laughs> that's hard to. But there's to one DNF. Actually, there's one DNF. But, <laughs> but it's amazing. What was the race? <laughs> <laughs> the last one, I think so. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, Paris Roubaix. Ah, uh, yeah, Paris Roubaix, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
Ah, okay. It would have okay. been your chance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm but from, out of this race. From today and on, you have. I even like ride the cobbles. <laughs> but um, we've been there before, but I think we didn't got like a, a proper answer. Like, how is cycling seen in uh, in Poland? So like compared to like football or uh, any other sport. I feel like. Um, people are not that interested in cycling, maybe because we don't have major, like a lot of major events, cycling events. Because I know that, like for example, around Tour de France, Tour de Poland, Tour of Poland. Um, no, How, I Tour think I pronounced it. Tour de. Oh my goodness, Polish people will hate me for that. <laughs> now. <laughs> But like, there's always a lot of attention from the fans, and like TV is always like just buzzing with this race. And I feel like if we had more events like this, then the interest will grow within the people. And it only happens like once per year in the summertime, which is actually great timing for people to watch it. Yet I still feel like we miss women's races. We don't have mm. uh, any women's race that like could bring some attention. And that's actually a pity because I do believe that A, we have like a great area that you could race on and mm. B, Like there, maybe with that, the Polish sacking, women sacking could grow, you know, because the girls would be like, oh my goodness, like I want, this is what I want to be doing. So that would kind of like let them experience the, the professional racing. To be honest, I would have thought like you are kind of yeah, famous in Poland, you know, because you're, you're good like on the women's side of the sport. And I know Poland has like good athletes and, and different disciplines, but I guess it's not as many you know like on the world yeah. level so but are you like taking your part are you taking part in, like tv shows and so on or is it really just like you you're not on the radar of like this yeah. or say mainstream media um to be honest i feel like i i don't know i never i'm not really interested in like shows or doing mm -hmm. extra things for some reason I love cycling for what it's giving me, like the freedom and the fact that I can just meet cool people and ride bikes with them. And whenever I feel like there's like extra attention coming from media, I just disappear. I don't mm. respond or I kind of wanna go to the forest and see nobody, you know, just like go camping or go just doing fun things. Cause I feel like I don't know, for some reason it seems very fake to me. You know, everyone is like overly nice to you and everyone kind of wants something from you. So I usually run away from it. So we are lucky that you're actually sitting in yeah. a business. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's it. yeah uh, we, have to, uh, we have to thank Ronnie. We, we, have a, we have a hot, I mean, uh, a hot line to me, Ronnie. You offered me yellow <laughs> Polish Fiat 500. So unfortunately, no uh, let's dance or uh, show with you that uh, seems to be kind of uh, hip at the moment in cycling scene. No. Uh, <laughs> right, like Nicolas Giroud. Yeah, exactly. And Bernard Kohl, you, uh, may maybe you don't know him. And what's the show uh, Nairo went on in Colombia? Um, yeah, but um, Mars singer. singer. Oh my yeah, that yeah. was so cool. <laughs> but, but, but Colombia is a different story. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that's, they're, they're crazy yeah. about cycling. So it's like uh, it's, I it's always crazy. wish I could live in Colombia or I was born in Colombia because they're just like <laughs> they're crazy about cycling. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's really crazy. Mm -hmm. um, I have like a. It sounds weird question, but uh, it, 
So at which point you realize actually that you could become like the writer you are. So like being able to be one of the best. I mean, you said at one point you had mm -hmm. to go to to foreign countries to develop, but I mean, it's not an easy, easy yeah. decision. Yeah. I feel like until I was like 17 years old, I was convinced that I do cycling just for fun, just so I could meet new people and go to different places that I haven't been before. And then I went to Italy for European Championships. And after racing that race, I realized that, oh, actually I'm good. Like I didn't do a good result, but I didn't know how to race. So I was basically in the front all the time. But I just enjoyed the fact that I was racing with the different nationalities and I could see them having like a buses and everyone was dressing the same way and they had the same bikes. I still remember like looking at Italian Federation and I was like, wow, they even have held the same helmets and glasses. And I was just blown away with that. So after coming back from this race, I was like, I just want to be a cyclist now. And I wanted to go abroad because that was the moment that I actually felt that racing abroad is different. And two years later, I had the opportunity to be a trainee at Drabobank team. And after just like being or watching Marianne Voss and Annemiek van Vleuten, van Vleuten back then, I just always wanted to be as good as them. Like it never would never cross my mind that I could never get there. I just like wanted to, because I remember having the first races with them and the fact that they, I would have a role to like be responsible for the per first part of the race was like so hard for me to digest because I always wanted to be in the final. But of course I wasn't strong enough to be in the final, but like, I feel like just having mentors on my own team like made me or forced me or just like build this desire within me, inside me that I wanted to be like them. I just wanted to be as good as they are and not to, because I felt like humiliated when I would drop before them, for example. So I think that kind of like made me who I am right now. And, and I guess it's also the drive you need yeah. uh, to become one of the best. If you don't have that feeling that you want to be better than the rest, so yeah. you want you then yeah so did yeah. that point um back to paul's question did that point uh, when you achieved that like come when you uh changed to switch teams to kenyan because there yeah. you are the the captain and like yeah. um i can give a, a glimpse of your teams before it was rabobank till uh 2016 And your teammates mates were uh, Marianne Voss, Annemiek van Vleuten, Anna van der Brecken, Lucinda Brandt, uh, Pauline Ferrand-Prévot, Anna Knauer. Yeah. Um, and yeah. afterwards the um, WM3 team, which well, uh, still same. had, It's yeah, exactly. It was the same Rabobank, but yeah. the, the, the same management, but different sponsor. Yeah. And yeah. then you changed to Kenyon, and I guess from then on you were in the first row. Yeah. Um, I feel like at first I was kind of struggling with that position mm -hmm. because uh, when I was on Rabobank team, I was kind of like getting there, like building my position on a team, yet I always had those stronger or older riders than me. So I could always like rely on somebody in a way that oh, if I don't perform, then somebody will finish the work off coming to Kenyan, I thought that I could still be like this reckless rider and do whatever I want, you know, just have on a, have fun on a 
during the race. But the reality was that I had to kind of grow up in order to be like a proper leader on and off the bike. But I just simply wasn't ready because I was super young also. I think back then when I look at myself from this point of view, so definitely it took me like two or three years to basically realize, okay, this is what I want to be doing. And, and I feel like maybe perhaps the last two years, I just kind of feel comfortable in my position as a leader. Cause I don't know, I'm older, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, have you found yourself as a rider like what kind or what type of, of rider you are so like I mean yeah. obviously good and punchy races but I so guess that's also interesting because I feel like um, everyone would tell me that I am a climber but deep inside, as inside I knew that I am not a climber I was always more drawn to classic races I just wanted to do like short punchy races and not climb for like 30 minutes because I don't like it when I race. It's <laughs> just too hard for me in a way that I can never do my all. I just give up somehow weirdly. So for a long time, I would like fight this opinion from other people who would tell me that I am the climber and wanting to show that actually I am not. So I feel like in the last actually two years, I was having this freedom to just like do races that I really love and that I really want to win and not focus on like Giro Rosa, for example, or other super long mountain, mountainous stages, for example. So that definitely feels just like liberating knowing that I can be who I feel that I am. Uh, this morning we had like a, a small meeting, like a team meeting. And I said like, so you are, I say Kesha is kind of like a, a female Alaphilippe, but actually it's the other way around because you were there before Alaphilippe, so Alaphilippe is a, a male <laughs> a Kesha. Because <laughs> yeah. You both have the kind of same yeah, racing style. The racing huh? style is similar. Yeah. yeah, I definitely look up to him. Like, I like watching his racing style and I, it doesn't happen that often that guys race before women, but like whenever I rewatch the old editions of certain races, I always look at like him, how he was racing, how he was saving his energy, how did he position himself before the climb? Like, I still want to win Stradel and Flash Vallon. I feel like those are two races mm. that are so high on my list. And I feel like if I win them finally, then I'm ready to retire. You know, I'll be so satisfied. <laughs> But, and yeah. he achieved that. So I definitely, yeah, just rewatch the finals. How did he do that? And try to use it to my advantage as well. He, for example, he says he doesn't only want to win, but also put on a good show. Is it mm -hmm. your style as well, or is it more based on tactics? Because sometimes I feel that you, yeah. I mean, you make the races super exciting to watch, but then sometimes I think, okay, maybe this was just a little bit too much of attacking, yeah. <laughs> you know, and not a little bit lack of tactics. Yeah. So is that, do you have that in mind, or is it just your natural style? So what's on my mind is that I know what's my strength. And basically when, for example, during, I feel like I need to remind that myself at every single race, because during the first hour of the race, I suffer so much because I feel like in the first hour, everyone is so fresh. So you go hard, but then you see that there are still like 50 people behind you. So like what happens, like you start to doubt yourself and you think that you're not strong enough. But then as the hour goes by, 
then you're like, okay, there are less people. And I feel like I'm never exceptional at the beginning of the race or when there's nothing is happening and there's just this one effort. I feel like my strength is after like repetition of certain efforts, I can sustain the same power or I recover very quickly where some people start to drop. So the more attacks or the more, more surges or like action is happening in the race, the better for me at the end. Because I feel like that's, for example, how I want to sell gold race. Like the race open up 30Ks after the start line. And at first I was like, in my mind, I'm going to drop like this race like I'm over and then I could feel that like with every passing lap I was feeling the same basically and I can also see with see on my training peaks where other girls were getting more tired so that's how I realized that okay I need to like try as many times as it's possible and sometimes unfortunately other teams have more riders and more yeah. cars to play so that's the disadvantage for me for example so would you wish that the races are longer? Some of them? Not longer. I, to be honest, I'm not a big fan of like um, extending races to like 180Ks because the reality is that we don't race for the first two hours. If the race is, let's say, 130Ks, then I can guarantee you that the women are racing from like 30Ks, for example. Like always the beginning is kind of like la la la, but then you start racing. Mm. The longer races, the easier we go. It, which yeah. is super weird because everyone is like, oh, sure, we still have like 120 Ks to go, you know? So like, for yeah. example, we would have this uh, women's tour in Great Britain. Usually we have super long stages. And I tell you that because of that, we have so many more crashes because the first two hours is just about spinning your legs. And all of a sudden you have to fight for position before the steep climb. And everyone is like, it's kind of, I don't know, asleep, I would say. No one is concentrated. No one, everyone loses their focus. So basically it's like a mess on the road. But if you have a short stage, like that's what they do with the Ardennes Classics. We race between 120 and 140 Ks. And I tell you that like everyone is dialed in from the start. You can like feel the tension at the start line that like everyone just wants to click in and, you know, be there. Yeah. I mean, basically it's, that is just like a man's race with yeah. mm -hmm. women. So like from the distance and like how the race is, is happening. Today I watched yeah. Well Done Lucia, I think it was, 200 Ks. I do like watching races, but it was pretty boring, even though the final was uh -huh. was okay. But uh, yeah, I do agree that probably the most races could do well with like shorter stages yeah. or like uh, races in yeah. general. I wonder about men's racing actually. Imagine if they had like, 140 case of racing so they know that it would be like around three hours plus of racing and how would they ride it would they like go af yeah, hard after one hour or you know yeah. i think it would even start earlier because i mean you already can see there's like a, a shift so mm -hmm. the man's racing yeah. it, the final starts so early yeah. even even in the mountains that i think if we shorten that distance you're just gonna see like a massacre, you know, like yeah. from the gun, yeah. which is good for us <laughs> exactly. on the TV, uh, I guess. Yeah. And, but I mean, I, I don't know. Certain races should be long, like Milan San Remo, I think it has to be 300 Ks, or Paris Roubaix has to be 260 or something. Flanders yeah. 270. I like <coughs> that it's that long, but the most races don't need 200 K stages. Definitely yeah. Not, no. Exactly. Yeah. And I th actually, I think that 
the female versions of the Ardent classics are one of the or that are the most exciting races to watch in the whole calendar like even yeah like that's cool men men or women i mean they're always super super exciting um, nice thank you i wonder how it's going to be this year because i saw that flesh felon added extra more the way to our course so instead of doing it twice now we're going to do it three times mm -hmm. it's good for you right so yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Nice one. Give yeah. me extra wall. Yeah, it's not hey, so. Let, yeah. let me just place a bet. <laughs> it's yeah. not. It's not so long till Strade. I know uh, it's insane, actually. Yeah. How are your legs? How is the preparation going? Good. So far, it's good. I feel like this uh, off-season slash preparation time, I took it easier than normally I would do. I felt like I was just like feeling that I ride my bike for fun and not that I start training intensely in like December, for example. So that definitely gave me this like a freshness in my mind that I feel like I'm truly excited to actually start racing now instead of just saying, hey, I'm excited. <laughs> But like the reality would be that I just want to go home, for mm -hmm. example. So that's nice to feel that like this isn't, I don't know. I feel like I'm just fresh and stronger than I was The, year, the years before at this time of the year okay we all place a bet um, yes <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least for second place <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, uh, no no, no. no sorry no, sorry, sorry. I, I, i hope you win <laughs> but it's like yeah. second place with you is also like a pretty pretty safe bet most of the time <laughs> unfortunately for you <laughs> i know um okay next uh not cycling related question mm. um which is your favorite food and which is your favorite oh. food in the different countries like poland usa and spain oh okay poland definitely i will go for pierogi and i guess ah. everyone knows pierogi yeah <clears throat> yeah yep. um but like we have a different types of pierogi you can have sweet pierogi or savory ones ah, yeah. i always go for the sweet ones with like a blueberries or we have this very famous only found in poland polish cheese called twarożek you can ask your polish friend what it is <laughs> but basically this is like the thing that i always miss when i'm away from home uh in usa oh my goodness they have too much goodness you know everything is maybe it's like at first when you go there you're like oh my goodness all the portions are so big and of course like full of sugar and sugar is it's nice we know that so i would say they like just like the things that we cannot find here they have massive selection of different nut butters and i love nut butters mm -hmm. so like something like a, i don't know they have a cool mixes you know you can get like a almond maple syrup cinnamon but not butter or cashew peanut like whatever honey is something like this you know so sounds good i know i always love to go there and just like stock up my suitcase with all those goodies and in spain patatas bravas you know mm -hmm. what it is okay yeah 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 of yeah. course the starter Yes. F French fries. Spanish fries. Spanish fries, exactly. But just better but just better with like a small Spanish beer. It just tastes better than right. in, Ger in, in Germany it's like uh Schranke Rot Weiss, so like just like <laughs> fries with like ketchup and mayonnaise. Uh, and oh, I like Wurst. Your Wurst is very nice actually. 
Ja, Currywurst, ja. Ah, Bratwurst, ja. Ja. Thüringen, ja, Thüringer Rostbratwurst. Thüringer Rostbratwurst, ja. Ja, in Thüringen und Rundfahrt. Ja. All right. Okay, I know more now. <laughs> I know the important <laughs> things now. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really clear for me where you actually live at the moment. I think it's in Spain, but uh, there must be some residents in the US. There is still some residents in Poland. How much connection do you have to um, there still? So actually from this year I moved I moved my residency to Andorra. Mm -hmm. So we got a place in Andorra in the mountains. I feel like um, in the off season, I spend a lot of time in Boulder in the mountains. And then we realized that actually we love just being close to the nature. And Girona is wonderful in so many different ways. But also I feel like it, there are so many cyclists coming to that town and also like cycling influencers. So you definitely feel that <laughs> This, this city is just like living for that sport. So sometimes mm -hmm. it's like hard to come back from races or training camps and dive into another cycling bubble. So mm -hmm. I feel like mostly we will spend our time in Andorra now. And yeah, Girona between the races, I guess. Uh, I used to live five years in, in Girona as well. So I was actually one of the first oh. like mainland Europeans living there after the Armstrong era. Oh, <laughs> the first one. Yeah, yeah one of the first. discovered Paul, it. Paul, no, 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 I didn't discover it, but <laughs> I, was, I was one of the first mainland Europeans. But I think, but I no, think I Lance didn't live there, Paul. No, Lance did live there. Robert Giesing uh, bought his apartment or old. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. So, um, because Cheryl Crow was always in the hotel above Els Angels <laughs> on the other side of ah. Mother Okay. Yeah, that's where I always met secretly. Um, oh. That's just a gossip. So, but I, <laughs> I lived there and then I retired end of 2016 and I was like between moving back to Berlin or back to Germany or staying there. And I was yeah. like, that time much more cyclists moved there you know like and also now so back then there were no influencers because instagram wasn't that big of that thing. thing yeah but yeah uh, now i can see it on instagram it, it just looks like it's it's a production place for wheels for cycling um. so like almost <laughs> almost everyone lives there or is going there for for riding and it's just really I weird know. Yeah. And it now is weird Training is also weird, like especially, I don't know, it perhaps it never happens to you guys, but like as a as a woman, sometimes like I go out riding and I see like the group of guys riding and then like there are so many guys on the road and it's like impossible to like, for example, pass them because they their ego gets hurt and they like straight away pass you and then like you end up like being on the road playing this game that like you pass them, they pass you, you pass them. So like really? quite often... Oh my goodness, like, this is insane, like, seriously. And it happens all over the world, not only in Girona. Mm. In Boulder, it was the same. Like, for some reasons, guys, they just cannot let girls go without first, like, kind of raising us. Maybe you should make, like, a sign on your saddle saying something like, um, I have Corona. <laughs> don't approach me. Yeah, no, or, 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 ju or just, li just like uh, I don't know, just like one sentence which kind of hurts them, but also like tells them just don't pass me. That's even or like it makes it worse when you pass me. Something like that because I find that weird. 
yeah never, the best thing is always like when they when I pass them I can see I can hear the derailleur like shifting <laughs> and I'm like oh here we go <laughs> Yeah. And then they slow down, yeah? like they pass you, and then like they they yeah. Fucked but it and then seriously happens. <laughs> it happens to almost every single lady that I talk to. Yeah. Actually, last summer, I went on a bike trip through the Alps, and uh -huh. now that I'm not, I'm not that fit anymore. So I was <laughs> somewhere in the mountains on a climb, and then I was passed by a woman on a mountain bike, but like a '90s mountain bike so I, oh. it probably was around 50 <laughs> kilograms and she wasn't even wear, wearing bike shoes so she just and she had a backpack how did that and make she, you feel and she passed me and she said hi and i was like oh that's pretty strong she's really going really strong and then i was maybe i should ask her if she doesn't want to go on a bike race and <laughs> But oh, nice. I, didn't, I didn't make it to, to, to catch her back <laughs> and then she luckily she was waiting on top of the mountain for her father it yeah. was because she, she went on a bike trip with him and she actually was a cyclist, a mountain bike pro actually and uh, but she didn't bring her bike and or bike clothes to her to, yeah. the, to visit her father And but they decided like okay let's go on a bike trip and she Uh, took the bi old bike of her father and just went in normal clothes. So oh, I just, that's cool. I, I tried to catch her and to like ask her, hey, you should really go and try to race your bike. And <laughs> But I couldn't make it, so yeah, that's just a, <laughs> a story. Nice. At least you didn't try to race her. So good for <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> no chance. No he chance. couldn't. He couldn't. Huh? He, he would like, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice. Last last question from me. Uh, you no. you can decide. Oh, yeah. um, you can decide which, which one you ask. Uh, which one you answer? Um, <laughs> your biggest bonk or your biggest hangover? Uh, biggest hangover, then I would say. And which alcohol? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, vodka. That's yeah. why I'm not choosing vodka anymore. <laughs> 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 I was late for I was late for a party. And my it was, I was in Poland, of course. And we have this thing that if you're late for something, you have to, we call it a punishment drink. So you have to drink a punishment drink. And my friend made me this um, cocktail. It said that basically she poured like 80% of the glass of vodka and then like 20% of Coke. And then they made me chug it like straight away. So I had to like drink it at once. And after like 20 minutes, I was gone because I, of course, like was not very used to drinking alcohol. And I just like missed the whole party and woke up next day, like not knowing what am I doing? Where am I? And just like feeling like a piece of crap for the rest of the day. And yeah, but I survived. So yeah, actually, I, I have some pass out mm -hmm. stories of my Polish friend, too. He isn't that strong with vodka, too. <laughs> the cliche is yeah. not true. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. know I know a few Polish uh, staff members there. They are <laughs> they always go deep. They, yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. They know how to go deep. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, actually, also I remember this one day where I bonked actually on, actually on the bike, and that was after tour of California race in 2019, 18 or 19, and I was going with my boyfriend for this gravel ride with his friends and I was riding this 
not my bike. And I was also introduced to riding with the sandals because they were saying that it, it's cool. It's cooler than riding with the cleats. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's do it then. And I got those sandals with like a thing in between your toes, you know. We and call them I was not prepared. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I don't have those special socks for your separated toes. So basically I was wearing the normal socks, which was super uncomfortable. But I was too ashamed to say that I don't like it. So I went with it. <laughs> And also, for some reason, I decided that I'm gonna go like without the breakfast because you know sometimes cyclists have those amazing ideas just to, like how to destroy our bodies. So I was like, I'm gonna just drink a coffee and go for this five hours ride with the guys. But they took me to this like a really remote place in close to LA. Actually, I was super surprised that they have access to such a steep mountains over there. But anyways, at some point we found ourselves on this like a mountain bike slash downhill trail. And it was like on the cliff. So on this one side, like basically you had a cliff and like nothing more. Like you could, if you'd ride there, you can lose your life. And I was like, okay, I'm super hungry. The guys are in the front having fun on the downhill. Meanwhile, I'm with those stupid sandals in this sock that is so <laughs> uncomfortable, like trying to descend it. And a couple of times I would crash and like be nearly gone basically from that trail. So then I just spent like maybe 20 minutes walking down and finally I made it. But that was the day that I realized that I can never ever go riding my bike with the sandals again and not on the cliff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th I think just Germans are actually allowed to ride with yeah, sandals and ride socks. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's, On that's the a German yeah. copyright thing. Yeah. That's true. It's <laughs> a trademark. Yeah. Um, yeah, my last question is, what are your expectations for the tour? Or maybe you don't even have For the tour expectations? Yeah, mm. for the woman. Yeah. I think I just want to arrive there with a great shape. I feel like I just want to prepare myself um, to the level that I know that I can fight for victories. I think that winning a stage would be like a big goal for me. And I know that the, like the last two stages are quite hard when it comes to climbing. We have like, I think 10 Ks climb. So I don't know how I'm gonna do on stages like this, but definitely winning a stage would be amazing. That's my goal, perhaps. And do you think the ASO will do a good job to promote women cycling in the way it should be promoted or? Yeah, I really hope so, to be honest. Uh, it was nice that they kind of merged the team presentations of women's and men's race. So I do believe that they will put some extra effort to like show us on TV and to make sure that we're well seen. Okay. I a question came to my mind when you were talking about the punishment drink. Do you have a nickname? Yeah, what do you say? I would say your nickname should be the Punisher. Ah. <laughs> Because all your attacks is a real punishment for your for your, all the other riders in the peloton, I guess. <laughs> you can call me Punisher for sure. It's just so funny because... Oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't say that. Great, we will call Anyways. this episode... The Punisher. The Punisher. <laughs> Punisher, okay. <laughs> okay, um, then actually really the last thing, you can nominate somebody for the podcast. Like, who would you like to listen to on Besenwagen? Um, I could say Kwiatkowski then. That's if you yes. want to have more <laughs> Polish people. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, we would take him at once. We have to make. Oh, I, actually, one of my friends asked today, and I told him, "Okay, get him." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or like, because I was listening to your podcast with Corinne, and you were saying that you like to keep your podcast fun and like relaxed. And I was also thinking that maybe you would like to talk to my boyfriend Taylor. He's retired cyclist, but he yeah. basically likes to like. Him. We don't know him. Oh, nice. <laughs> 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 Who is but he? He's super funny guy, and he likes uh, he likes he really loves actually German people. So okay. that's why I thought like, oh, that could and be fun for you guys. That's why you wear sandals all the time. That's why yeah, he likes exactly. sandals. <laughs> exactly. Okay, we can give him some lessons. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. No worries. Tell him he can. He can ride with us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I, so I actually did my first. Pro, we had the, our first pro race was in 2010, and we did Tour of Qatar. That was his first pro race and my first pro race. Oh, that's cool. And there's, and there's another story that connects us because our mothers they were competing yeah. at each other. So no way. My, my mom was world champion like late 70s and she was always competing wow. against Tyler's mom. Yeah. I didn't oh, know that your mom so cool. was world champ. Yeah, yeah sure. You didn't know? know. <laughs> no, I didn't know. You know, you have to know like in, in the German episodes we're doing weekly, you actually can say at least twice a month he comes up with a story about his father knowing another famous writer or like he is part of any story Yeah. Our guest tells us <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah. So, so that's actually quite funny that his mom now comes also up here, <laughs> being part of, of any story or like the uh, whole family is on the yeah. podcast. Okay, nice. cool. No, we definitely take uh, Taylor and uh, also uh, Miguel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. It was really yeah, thank fun. You. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for yeah. having me. Yeah, sure. Perfect. And good luck for the next season starting tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. We will follow follow your attacks. Yeah. <laughs> On TV. <laughs> On TV. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Thank you very much. Sweet. Okay. Bye. Ciao, ciao.